this is the Joyful Mama Show. We want to help you take actionable steps toward dreams that have more impact, family life that has more peace, and motherhood that has more joy. We think that it's time for moms to rise up in entrepreneurship and change the world. But let's face it, it's hard to sort through all of the ways we get stuck in our own heads and all of the things we feel like we're supposed to be doing. How can we change the world when we're overwhelmed with trying not to feel overwhelmed about homeschooling or power struggles with our kids or taking care of our own hearts, our bodies, and our minds? We want to give you the tools to find rest, joy, and healing while also taking your business and your dreams to the next level. You know you were made for more than hustle. You can feel that you were made for more than the lies that hold you back. And we believe that you were made for amazing things that impact the kingdom of God and the people that God has given you to impact for Him. You were made to be a joyful mama, to have a heart that is thriving, not striving. And we want to help you step into the fullness of all you were created to become. Liz, do you have an example of something in your life that... (laughs) You've had to walk out and how it affected your homeschool. So how many moms have experience with classical conversation? So classical conversations is amazing. And I did CC with my girl up until last year when COVID happened. At the end of the year, there's this like event (laughs) that happens where like the stakes are kind of high and it's like, and I think it depends on what community you're in, how serious this is. For um, someone who was, I actually was a tutor for RCC community. At one time I was a director. So I felt a lot of pressure to participate in this thing called memory masters. You guys, the amount of memorization to get memory masters, it's like, not only is it memorizing tons of facts in all these different subjects, like it has to be perfect. Even if you had 99% right, you don't get it. Like it's hardcore, at least the community I was in where they like tested your kids or tested you if you wanted to do it. So for me, there was one year like in that striving place was like, oh man, I need to do, I need to make Maya do memory masters because everyone else in her class is doing it and I'm not going to be the only one and I'm a tutor. So like, we're going to do it. Like I'm going to help her rise up into the fullness of her potential and do memory masters. And oh my goodness, like (laughs) she didn't want to do it. Like some kids actually like want to, and they're excited. And it's something that they kind of, you know, enjoy. No, not my poor girl that I forced to do it. And so if I could go back, if if I were in that position now, I would, I would probably say, would you like to do this? Would this be something, would you enjoy this challenge? And if she wouldn't, (laughs) then that would be okay. At the time I'm like, oh, you can do it. I'm going to, I'm going to prove to you. Anyway, that is like one of the best examples I can think of where I put like all of this pressure on me and on her. I cannot tell you the amount of stress that I put on both of us practicing for this memory masters, studying for memory masters. It was like, I carried the book, like three years worth of curriculum in this one binder book. I carried that thing everywhere. I had laminated little sheets. Like we were working on it all the time and she did get it. And now she has the t-shirt and you know, whatever. (laughs) That's an extreme example. But the whole thing is there's a a thousand other ways that we can see like, oh, so-and-so is doing this or their kids doing this. So maybe I should too. For me, I I'm a person who has definitely dealt with control and wanting to control. It's funny, Sarah, because when you say like, it can be passive or it can be like, it took me a long time to recognize 
all the different ways, not just with my kids, but even in my marriage and other relationships. Like sometimes it would be trying to like enforce what I want on someone. Sometimes it would be withholding to try to manipulate like a situation. And so if we're going to do this the kingdom way, it really does start with examining like, Lord, if there's any offensive way in me, show me, bring it to the light. Let me identify, you know, the things that are not lining up with who you are and how you operate and what operates in your kingdom. Let it operate here. Truth and not the the whole comparison, it's just a, a sticky web um, mm-hmm. that you get trapped in. And so, you know, we talk about all the time, Liz and I do that God uses our kids to grow us. And so this is just one way that God will use your kids to grow us, grow you um, is through homeschool and what you have to work out within yourself before you can actually give something away. So you can tell information to your kids. You can give them what you, someone else told you, but when you actually like are in a, where you have the authority to actually set an atmosphere in your home, because it has been set in your heart, that's where like fruit happens. That's where the kingdom starts to really grow and expand in your kids and in your homeschool and in your home. You know, when you first start out your walk with the Lord and even your journey as a mom, the things that you think are the best thing for them. And you do it with good intentions. Like truly it was like, I'm trying to make good kids that are responsible and who are respectful. And part of it was selfish, but part of it was like, was selfless truly. Um, But I'm so glad we know a better way now and that we can give them freedom and we can exercise freedom even within ourselves to like permission to have a bad day, permission to be sad, permission to be upset and angry. And even walking through how can you be free to feel what you feel and manage it appropriately? All those things, um, I think are what differentiate the kingdom homeschool from just a Christian homeschool where it's, you know, this is what we're allowed to do. And this is what we're not. And this is who you're going to be. And this is what you're going to act like. Um, I said so, and that's the bottom line. The bottom line now um, is very different. It's not because I said so. You know, mm-hmm. at the end of your homeschool journey, when it's all said and done, whether that's a year from now or 10 years from now, um, what's the bottom line? How do we decipher permission to have a bad day with permission to disobey? What does that look like practically? It's a really good question. Yeah, I would just say... Um, <sighs> We all have emotions and we can't control our kids feeling things and having emotions. I think that's like the natural tendency is that we want to stop our kids from feeling things because we don't like it and (laughs) we can't control it. And, and so when they're disobeying in the middle of them feeling big things, um, something I I always say is it's not about the failure. It's about the follow-up. I don't think that God is afraid of failure of us failing or even us. This sounds this sounds heretical, but I'm just going to say anyway, even as sinning, you know, he put the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil right in the middle of the garden, right in the middle where they could access it. Right. He didn't hide it away. It was right there for them. And so it's almost like, man, God wasn't really afraid. Like he had a plan, right? Um, he always had a plan. And so when our kids do fail, when they sin, they disobey, um, we get these really great opportunities to follow up with them and to bring the kingdom into and bring our hearts and reconnect our hearts with theirs and talk with them and explain things to them and disciple them in those moments. So 
it's hard to let our kids to give them the permission to even like you're failing and I can't really do anything about it. Like Mm -hmm. I could try to stop you. Like sometimes I just can't, like, I just need to calm, like calm you down, get you (sighs) where you're like normal again. And then later on we can talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, so to me, that's kind of, that's a small, small part of, um, of that conversation. Yeah, that's so good. And I think another thing that for me, um, again, bringing it back to ourselves as moms, when, um, what I've tried to start doing when my kids are disobeying, stopping and asking myself, like, is this really as big of a deal as I thought it was when I made that rule or when I said that thing that they have to do and Mm -hmm. why are they resisting it? And is, is the fact that they're resisting it, like, does that actually point to the fact that maybe it's a thing that I need to reconsider? And, you know, you don't want to be in a place where it's like, you're always changing your standards and lowering them because your kids don't want to rise to the occasion. I'm not saying that at all, but just being able to sit with like open hands before the Lord and saying like, how important is this? Is this something you said? Is this something that like you really hold close and dear and it's, it matters or is this something I might need to like loose the grip on a little bit and we need to just have a real conversation. And then of course the follow-up of like, Hey, it is important, you know, cause there's, there's always the issue. And I think of this, like obedience gets really important when it becomes to like a safety issue. You know, when you're in a parking lot and you say, come here, it gets really important that your kids have quick obedience because their life could be on the line. You know, there's times where it's like obedience really, 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 really matters. And if they don't obey, there should be consequences. There's other times where it's like, I said, you have to sit there until your snack is gone and you can't, you know, do anything else until whatever. Like I used to have like those kind of rules and it's like now, well, what if you're full sooner than I thought you would be? opportunity for us to like lean in too and think like, why do they want to disobey and what, what is actually going on below the surface? Yeah. So that's, it comes back to our bottom line. If your bottom yeah. line is obedience rather than relationship, you know, God still, he is so slow to anger and he is so kind. He has kindness leads us to repentance, right? So he is like pursuing a relationship with us, even when we disobey and even mm-hmm. when we don't do what he says. And, you know, I think that when we view it, like how he, if we can take a step back and evaluate, how does God father me? How mm-hmm. does he deal with my disobedience? Is he quick to anger? Is he quick to punishment? Is he quick to whatever? Um, mm-hmm. And we kind of can like evaluate what he's done for us and the way he's done it, then we have a better grasp on, and we get out of that Christian mindset of like, well, the church told me, or like my parents Mm -hmm. acted like, or, you know, what I've seen other people do. And we get into like, what does God actually do for me? Because he is the best parent ever. And we can Mm -hmm. take all of our, all of our advice from the way he treats us. I think with obedience, you know, it's like our kids. And I think back to like, even my childhood, sometimes I was compliant or obedient because of fear of a consequence or fear of getting caught or fear of whatever. I I want the kind of relationship with my kids where they obey, not because they're afraid of like me punishing them or 
me getting, you know, them getting caught red-handed, but fear of like hurt, hurting me and breaking the relationship. And that's where, you know, it is with the Lord. Like now it's not like, I'm not, if I don't not sin because I don't want to go to hell. I have so much love for Jesus that I want to live in a way that makes him proud and that honors him. And, um, I'm, I'm his daughter. So I want to, you know, exemplify who he is and what I do and all those, all those things. So it's like, if it's fear-based, it's very, very short-term and you can control your kids with fear until they're elementary school age. Maybe if you're lucky and you can threaten them with a spanking or with a timeout or whatever, and that can work for a season, but those days run out. And then if there's not the relationship and there's not the connection, you can't manipulate with fear forever. And there's a day where they outgrow the, like, you know, or they find a way around it, you know? So it's, um, it's the heart connection and, um, the follow-up. I love that you say that it's not about the failure. It's about the follow-up. Um, I've learned to get a really strong follow-up game because I blow it (laughs) still all the time, Um, you know, but my follow-up game is pretty strong and um, we make it right. Thanks for being with us. We love you guys so much. We're so glad you're here. We want to help you grow and connect with other moms, just like you. Moms who are homeschooling entrepreneurs and figuring out every day how to walk out both of those assignments without sacrificing one for the other. So join our Facebook community at our website. And if you want to get a glimpse into what heart-centered homeschooling can look like, go right now to thejoyfulmama.com and download our free homeschooling ebook. Seriously though, go right now before a kid wants a snack. That's thejoyfulmama.com.